0: to take just a couple of moments just to kind of just remind us again of what Christ is about and Christmas is about. This won't take a full sermon, but I want to take just a few moments to kind of remind our hearts of what Christ has done for us. We're not just celebrating a Christmas holiday. We're not just celebrating joy or peace or goodwill towards men or giving Those are all good things, those are all wonderful things to do at a time like this this year, but it's not ultimately what Christmas is about, and Christmas is ultimately about the birth of of Jesus Christ, how God came in human flesh, how God dwelt among us, how He lived among us, how He took up residence here on the earth, He pitched his tent here in an earthly body, and he lived here. He stepped into this world as as a baby, as we saw this morning, how he graciously and humbly came to this earth 2,000 years ago. It's about the incarnation. It's about God and man brought together into one person, the God-man, Jesus Christ. It is about the remarkable reality that God has taken on human flesh, And that truth is truly a a staggering reality, isn't it? For us to consider the fact that that God, the infinite being, the creator of the universe, the one who owns everything, the eternal self-existent God has stepped into time and space. How how does God who is infinite and omnipotent and omniscient and all-powerful, how does He be condensed down into a human body? That's partly the mystery of the incarnation. There's a couple verses in the New Testament, I think, that really capture the essence of this reality. It's found in Galatians. I just want to read these two verses for you. It's the letter of Paul to the Galatians. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says this, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. I think in those two verses, Paul, in the course of his writing in the book of Galatians, really kind of encapsulates what the message of the gospel is, that in the right time, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under law, that He might redeem those who are under the law to adopt us as sons and daughters. What a remarkable truth. And I think in order for us to to truly feel the weight of of that reality, you have to go back one more verse. So I guess I lied. There's three verses. Uh, The verse before that, verse three, says this. It says, So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. You may not realize that about yourself, and if you're here today without Christ, you may not realize this about yourself, but you before Christ, you without Christ, are held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. And what that means is you are enslaved to your sin. You are enslaved to this world. Prior to coming to Christ, we loved the things of this world and, and we thought we were good people. If you're here tonight and you think you're a you're a good person apart from Christ, you're not. You're you're a slave. You're a slave of the world. You live for what the world lives for. You love what the world loves. You, you, you engage in what the world engages in. You are held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. And, and if you have any desire for God, you, you try to accomplish your movement towards God through human religion. That's another means of being enslaved to the elemental things of the world. You're captivated by the world, and you may engage in some religious efforts to move yourself towards God. But none of that is sufficient. And so, God, in His infinite mercy in and in, in His infinite grace, Paul says, when the fullness of time came, He sent forth His Son. What I love about that verse is it tells us where the initiative lies in our salvation, it's not on our part. We didn't wake up someday and said, you know, I think I need to move closer to God. I think I'm going to work my way to God. No, God in his initiative, God is the one who started this. God is the one who initiated the the saving work of drawing us to himself. He didn't wait for us. He didn't make us figure it out on our own. No, God took the initiative. He instigated that, which would ultimately bring about our salvation. So he sent forth his Son. And I love what Paul says. He says he did it at just the right time. Think about that for a moment. God in His infinite wisdom and His total omniscience knew exactly the right time to send Jesus Christ. And there were all kinds of things taking place in the world that that God made sure were brought to bear upon the right timing of the coming of Christ. It was right religiously, The Jews had erected synagogues where where the gospel could be preached through those who gathered there. They had a completed Old Testament scriptures that were sufficient to to show people about Christ prophesied in the Old Testament. So it was right religiously. Secondly, it was right politically. As we saw this morning, Caesar Augustus had erected a a series of roads throughout the Roman Empire that made the, the transfer of the gospel easily easy to happen. It just, it just went out through the Roman Empire, through these roads and transportation system that had already been erected by a pagan governor and emperor. So it was right religiously, it was right politically, it was also right culturally. And what we mean by that is Greek language was the predominant language, and so everyone in that region spoke Greek, and so that the message of the gospel was transmuted through the Greek language to those who lived in the, the Roman Empire. And so in all of those ways, it was right religiously, it was like right politically, it was right culturally, everything was right, and at God's right time, it says He sent forth His Son. He sent forth His Son, born of a woman and born under the law. We saw it this morning that, that Christ was born of a woman. He, he came into this world just like you and I came into this world. He didn't just kind of show up supernaturally. He didn't just kind of have this cosmic entrance into this world with all kinds of fanfare and celebrate. No, he came into this world like you and I came into this world. And certainly there is a mystery to that, how, how God can be combined into a human body, how there can be a God-man, a man who's lived, who's, who's never sinned, a man who has lived righteously because of God dwelling in him. That is a mystery that on this side of eternity we're never going to fathom. And yet that's what the Scriptures teach. Christ was born of a woman and born under the law. need to let those truths just kind of sink into your heart tonight for just a couple moments because I think we're so familiar with those things that they become so familiar to us we don't think about them. But just let that heart, let that settle into your heart. God became one of us. He didn't become an animal. He didn't come in any other fashion. He came like us to redeem us. And that little manger... In Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, held the hope of the world. I have two sons. I can't imagine sending one of them away. I can't imagine giving one of my sons to any of you, even though I love you very much. But God did, God sent his only son. In verse 5 of Galatians 4, says he did this in order that he might redeem those who were under the law. Friends, that describes us. We were held captive. We were enslaved. The law was, was that which showed us our sin. The law was that which showed us that we were in serious trouble. We were lawbreakers. We rebelled against God's law. We disobeyed God's law. We, we could not keep God's law and we stumbled even at small points of it, and, and yet that stumbling at the small point of the law makes us guilty of the whole thing. James 2.10 says if you break one part of the law, you're guilty of the whole thing. And so this was our trouble, this was our problem, and God in His infinite grace and in His infinite mercy then drew us to Christ by sending Him to us in order to show us that He came to live a righteous life, to live perfectly. He kept the law entirely and lived the life that we could not live in order that He could credit to us His perfect life in exchange for our sin. The marvelous truth of that, the end of verse 5, says that we might receive the adoption as sons. None of us here this morning can claim, or tonight, can claim a natural relationship with God. True, we're His children in that He's made us and He's uh, made us in His image, but none of us can claim that we are naturally a part of God's family. We're not in God's family because all of us have broken His law, we've disobeyed and rebelled against Him, and so none of us can claim any natural privileges of natural children. And so, what God does is He sends His own Son to pay the price for our sin and draw us into a relationship with Him so that He can adopt us into His family so that we can then be a part of the family that He originally designed us to be a part of. And that's why adoption is a perfect picture of salvation. In adoption, God takes those who are not His own and He makes them His own. And, friends, that's the gospel, that's what Christmas is about. We celebrated communion this morning and on the very moment that we're celebrating his birth, we are in essence also celebrating his death because he came to give himself up in order that we might have life. So I ask you tonight, do you know Christ? The message of the gospel is not just something you should familiarize yourself with and say, okay, I got it. No, the message of the gospel needs to transform your life. And so I ask you tonight, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Do you understand that you've rebelled against Him? Do you understand that you're a sinner under His condemnation and under His wrath? And have you acknowledged that and repented of that? And do you admit and acknowledge that Christ came, He lived a perfect life, He is fully God and fully man, He came as our substitute, He died in our place so that His righteousness can be credited to our account as our sin is imputed to Him. He rose from the dead, He is coming again someday. And I wonder, have you placed your faith and trust in Him? That is the greatest news of the gospel. And the great reality of that is when you do that, you become a new person. You become adopted into God's family. You have your old nature taken away. You have a new nature given to you. The old things pass away. Behold, new things have come. And so this is what we're celebrating ultimately, the message of new life in Jesus Christ. And we live in a world that needs to hear that message. We live in a world that desperately needs to hear about the saving news of Jesus Christ. So, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? If you're here tonight, you need to know it's not by your works. You're not a good person. It's not by your efforts. It's not through anything you can do. Salvation is solely through the grace of Christ. And if you've never trusted Him, we would love to introduce you to the Savior and see you receive him as Christ and Lord. If you have trusted him as your Lord and Savior, then this is the high point of the year. This is the high point of the gospel. And so I encourage you this Christmas season to reflect on that, to take your time with your kids to teach them about this and make sure they understand the glory of the manger and the glory of the incarnation. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that this simple message that we've heard time and time again never grows old and lord we continue to need to hear this message because this is the hope of the gospel this is what will transform lives it's not through religious efforts it's not through education it's not through better morality but it's not through any type of efforts that we have on our own it is only and entirely and solely on the basis of jesus christ He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so we pray, Lord, if there's any here tonight that have not have trusted you, would you bring them to yourself and invite them into a loving relationship with you where they exchange their sin for your perfect righteousness. Lord, as we finish our service in just a few moments, the final songs that we hear sung and the songs that we get to sing together, would you please inhabit the praise of your people and be glorified.